There we go. Welcome to Conspiracy. What? We're back talking about mysteries and conspiracies and death. <laughs> Today. Good start. Uh, I am. Cameron. I'm Cameron. I, I'm always Cameron. I'm I am Cameron. Cameron. Anyway, anyway I'm joined by two sarcastic people. Really? Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Ellie. Hi, I'm Jackie. And today we're talking about uh, the famous Jimi Hendrix and But not just Jimi Hendrix. Mysterious death. Death. Yeah, his mysterious death. death. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. like Jimi Hendrix? Love Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love him. What's yeah. your favorite Jimi Hendrix song? I like uh, May This Be Love. Just, that one just really gets me. He also has a really good cover of Sgt. Pepper's. He does that, the best covers, I swear. He does really great covers. He just takes the cover and just wails on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I like the All Along the Watchtower. That's that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Cam? Uh, probably Crosstown Traffic, which I don't think is as well known, but it's so good. It's really mm-hmm. good. I don't think I've heard that. Uh, just just for fun, I put this quote at the top of our outline because I liked it. Uh, when he first appeared on stage, no one knew who he was. He appeared at a Cream concert in 1966, and uh, it was Eric Clapton that led him on stage after meeting with his manager and stuff. And Eric Clapton's response to Jimi Hendrix was, uh, you told me he was good, but you didn't tell me he was that fucking good. I think that sums up Jimi Hendrix pretty well. So Yeah. Yeah. And Eric Clapton has to do with this whole mystery as well he does yeah Aaron Clapton has to do with a lot of stuff in the music world he really does yeah he caused a lot of problems but also made some amazing songs also made some great music so true including an album with bb king anyway this is not a music podcast this is a conspiracy (laughs) podcast so Jimi hendrix uh he was Wait, where, I don't know. I lost my. I lost my. He was thought. died. In uh, he September was died in September eighteenth, nineteen seventy. He was found unresponsive in a bed in a hotel in Kensington, London, of an accidental barbiturate overdose. Supposedly, he choked on his own vomit, which is like the thing you hear a lot of times with drug overdoses. Uh, there's a lot of other. Maybe that didn't happen. Maybe something else did. That's the official cause of death, right? Yeah. And and but there's that's not the official cause right. of death. <laughs> and it should be said that he died not in his hotel room. He died in his girlfriend's hotel room. Yes, which is different. So, yeah, and it's even hard to say whether or not he was, was he staying at that hotel? Because everything I read didn't seem to say if he was actually staying there, just that he was there, which is weird. I think so. Yeah. I think it was her yeah, room. I'm sure. It was definitely her room, but I just couldn't tell, like, if he was staying somewhere in the hotel or what. But anyway, we've got a whole background on Jimmy. That's, like, the basics, quick stuff, run over. It's your basic 27 club happens every time. Minus Kurt Cobain, not quite drugs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so just some background. Like, leading up to the to his death, um, he, he himself was getting very paranoid at that point, and that was just a combination of a bunch of problems in his life. A lot of people were taking advantage of him, putting stress on him. Uh, his girlfriend was very controlling at the time. He... He wasn't getting the money that he deserved from his work, and uh, he was just getting paranoid all around and was having premonitions about his death. And he 
even told someone, I think it was a reporter, that he he said, I'm not sure I will live to 28 years old. I mean, the moment I feel I have nothing more to give musically, I will not be around on the planet anymore unless I have a wife and children. Otherwise, I got nothing to live for. So we have in the outline, he was addicted to drugs. Uh, oh, really? If you didn't know that about <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, uh, that is kind of a, a main a feature of him. Yeah. yeah I mean, he it was a big part of him. Was I think a lot of stuff at once. Yeah. Mm. But I think it like matters what kind of drugs he was taking to mention it. He was doing a lot of psychedelics. So like, I think acid a lot and he was doing heroin, but he wasn't a big drinker. And I mean, that's kind of like funny to say if you're like addicted to heroin and you're like, well, yeah, I'm not a big drinker, but you know, you do heroin. But I think it matters for later on some of the theories oh, yeah. about how he died. Yeah. Hold on to that. Yeah. Ugh. He doesn't like alcohol as much. Yeah. By a lot of way in your brain. Um, He'll shoot up heroin, but not, <laughs> not a huge wine dude. But wine. Yeah. So he was kind of sucked into, at least as far as I read, was kind of sucked into like political movements like the Black Panthers and the Black Power movement and just the whole anti-war thing that was going on. And so people kind of like pushed him to stand up for like quote unquote his people, which were both the Black Power movement and like the hippie movement, um, which he did, but it's it's hard to say how much he was actually like really for it. Yeah, a lot of things I saw was like, you know, he really wasn't very concerned about political, yeah, the politics at all, and he was really just a one track minded man who was focused on his music and his music only. Um, you know, I, I was watching this documentary and a, one guy was like, he didn't even really maybe consider himself black or white or like, obviously he wasn't white, but he, he like didn't really consider himself like as a color of any sort. He just kind of was like, I'm about the music. I'm not yeah. really concerned with that. He wasn't a political person really at all. Yeah. So, which also ties into things later. <laughs> but I think the leaders of the Black Panther movement, um, they kind of hold him kind of pressured him into standing up for for his community and then um at that same time since especially like 1968 was a was a really rough year i think that people leaders in the black power movement were being targeted by the government because they were so powerful and um and causing so much like commotion yeah yeah it was definitely a big it was like almost a, a war at home as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and a big proponent for the government too was Richard Nixon, who was, we've talked about him before on the podcast. We talked about him in the Men in Black episodes because he is very heavily tied to the Men in Black I'm sorry, ideals. I just, if you've listened to any of our original episodes, you can hear Cam <laughs> and Jason doing a, a wonderful <laughs> Nixon voice. Yeah. Uh, we used to... We used to bring him on a lot for the show. Uh, but Nixon is well known to have used the government to destabilize a lot of groups like the Black Power Movement. And it goes into like the whole facet of how he could have been involved in this and a whole bunch of other different things. But he shows up a lot. Yeah. And then there's also his um, Jimi Hendrix's manager, um, Mike Jeffrey. And he was super shady, and he was one of those managers that was definitely just buying artists as cash cows. His producer was uh, Chaz Chandler, 
who also didn't agree with Jimmy very much. So this guy had like mob ties and um, he had spies on him. And also a year before Jimmy's death, or was it Jeffrey's death? A year before Jimmy's death, he was kidnapped yeah, for Jeffrey, three days. Jeffrey yeah. died after Jimmy did. Yeah. So Jimmy was actually kidnapped by what was thought to be the mafia for three days, not too long before he died. Um, and believed that Jeffrey was the person that set it up. Yeah, so they definitely didn't get along, and Jeffrey was obviously like a very shady person to start yeah. with. <laughs> but I think that Jimmy felt like he couldn't really divide himself from Mike Jeffrey because he had all of his money and was kind of controlling his money because yeah. of like some really bad contracts that he signed when he was just getting started. So eventually after meeting his manager originally and getting to put on stage with cream and finally getting his name out there, he starts Sorry, his career, which yeah, he ends up obviously becoming one of the most successful guitarists of all time, even though it was a very short span of time, an extremely yeah. short span. I mean, like in reality, after the Jimi Hendrix experience, you're looking at like, less than five-ish years mm -hmm. around that time. So he would have been around 22 at the time he really started his career. And then by 27, it was all over. And everything was kind of created by his manager and everything was kind of owned by his manager. It was a similar situation what you've seen with other bands in the past that have struggled with their agents. I mean, whether it's Prince or whether it's Queen or whether it's the Beatles. It was actually most artists in basically any time in the 80s or before, and particularly Black artists were taken yes. advantage of often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jimi Hendrix was definitely one of them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He definitely was. And that's what uh, leads into kind of the, like we, Jackie read the quote earlier where he's talking about how he won't, he's not sure he'll live to be 28 years old and things like that. He, his His future was pretty well known, but in terms of what he was getting from his manager, it was definitely very shady. His manager was taking a lot from him. His manager was forcing him to do gigs he didn't want to do and into like public appearances that he didn't want to do. I mean, it's just a lot of the stuff that you saw like with like celebrities of color and things like that at the time that were owned by agents. It's something you saw all the time, but I mean, you also saw it with just agents in general. They were just like yeah. that back then. And I think that Jimmy too, kind of is about his personality and like he was very modest and chill and, um, maybe not even like that outgoing he, and he just didn't know that he could have more I think and all he wanted to do was play guitar that's all he had ever wanted yeah. to do so I think that a huge part of it was that he just wanted to play guitar and people knew that and he had no concept of like how much money he needed yeah or deserved and and then so go through his career fast forward all the way to 1970 which is where everything happens and it all kinds of kind of happen happens at once it doesn't really feel like a build-up so much as just like an end all at one moment it's just there's, like a there's definitely days. there's definitely a little bit of build-up of like like how he started doing more drugs yeah uh towards 1970 because he towards the year of 1970 because he was just feeling so overwhelmed and taken advantage of. So, yeah. and I think that's a part of it. But other than that, like, it really does just happen all at once. Yeah. And he had, like, his buildup with drugs, a lot of that came with, he had supposedly had really, really bad insomnia. And 
which was partly because of all Extreme the drugs. Extreme issues. So then you had to take more drugs so. to sleep. Right, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was taking drugs, but then we have September 17th, uh, 1970, which is just the, I mean, it's not even just the day before, it's like the night before is the big focus here. He was supposed to be at the Lyceum Theater in London, and that was where Eric Clapton was, he was, Eric Clapton was expecting him to be there. They both had tickets to go see a show there and Clapton was going to give him a special left-handed guitar that he found and he was waiting for him. They weren't supposed to see the show together or anything. They're actually supposed to be across the theater. Clapton claims that he did see Hendrix there, uh, but he never actually got the chance to meet up with them and hand him the guitar However, he's the only person who claims Hendrick actually showed up at the theater that night. Hmm. So was Clapton on any drugs, do you know? Probably. I don't really know. <laughs> if Clapton wasn't, I'd be surprised. But he I mean, he seems like he was pretty well aware of like what was going on at that night. And he was especially kind of heartbroken that he never got to give him that guitar because he just kept the guitar after that. Obviously, Hendrix dies the next day. He dies the next morning. It's hard to say whether or not Clapton actually saw him. But I mean, I watched the interview where Clapton does say that. But everyone else claims that Hendrix never actually went to the theater. Maybe he went alone. Maybe he was originally planning to go with people and he never showed up for them. And he just went by himself. And Clapton saw him by himself. It's hard to know. Yeah, I feel like that's just the very start of like how many things are debated from that night because very little of Jimi Hendrix's life was debated. They're pretty sure about a lot of it, except for like this night. No one can really agree on the details of what happened. Yeah. And it's mostly because a lot of the people, yeah. Yeah. Monica Daneman. Exactly. She's like the center focus. She's the Courtney Love of this conspiracy. Not quite as crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But But still, Mm -hmm. the girlfriend and suspect. Um, Yeah, one of the suspects. So, like we said in the beginning, uh, this is the girlfriend that he goes back to a hotel room with, and it was technically her room that he died in. Of course, with most eyewitness stories, hers changes often. And So her, I guess her initial story was that they went straight to bed after a party and he took something like nine of her sleeping pills. But I also read that I guess his doctor was already prescribing that he take like four times the amount of regular sleeping pills because of his tolerance to drugs. So it's not too crazy for him to take that many. And she said he went to bed happy and there was like nothing wrong, right? And so then she gets up the next morning and doesn't say anything about like checking on Jimmy or anything. She just says she goes to get some cigarettes and he was fine and sleeping. Yeah, you skipped one detail I wanna make sure we hit is that he went to bed happy undressed, Ah. which is important because he's Mm -hmm. later undressed, which is odd if he didn't go to bed that way, which plays into So then her story of that morning is that when she gets home is when she notices that he was having trouble breathing. She says that she called the ambulance sometime between 9 and 11 a.m., but the records, like the actual ambulance records, show it was after 11. And she claimed that he was alive when the ambulance picked him up, and then he died later. So he, he supposedly died an hour after he was on the ambulance. But that, of course, changes a couple of times. Yeah. The reason why I think she seems so suspicious is that after Jimmy died, 
she took advantage of his career and um, of their history and so that they were secretly engaged and going to be creating new stuff together. She wrote a book about him and profited off of his death. Then after she wrote a book, she eventually married a member of the Scorpions. I don't know much about the Scorpions, but... Yeah, the Scorpions were just another band that was popular around the time. Uh, A big thing with Monica, like a big, like, who is Monica? She wasn't just a girlfriend. She and Hendrix had met a couple years prior, and she claims that they had been dating for a long time. However, Hendrix wasn't really the type of person that was tied to one person. No, she definitely wasn't his only girlfriend at the time, even. Right, and she claims to be his only girlfriend for quite a while running, but it's hard to say because no one that really knew him that well knew... Like, there were some people that didn't even know she was his girlfriend. There were other people that knew about her but thought that they had broken up forever ago because they hadn't talked in about a year or something at this point. They had only reconnected for just a couple weeks prior. So, and that's, that's after like a year of not speaking to each other. So she is not someone who was just in the picture forever, but yet she claims to know like everything about him and everything about who he was and all these different things, like someone who had been around him for, I mean, almost longer than his career. She eventually writes a book about him, which is part of what, like we said, like she profits off of his death because of that. She becomes the source of information for mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix after all of this happens because she's the one who's around that night. But it's just very suspicious from the very beginning and very weird because of how she plays in as a possible girlfriend and maybe not even a girlfriend. My problem with that yeah. is that she changes her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also that after a lot of other deaths about Jimmy came out, she she committed suicide. And then they can never really get the actual story, I feel like, because she just took it to the grave. Yeah. And, and a lot of people died, like, right after Jimmy died. So I think that's part of the reason why it's such a big mystery about the circumstances is because so many people yeah. around the circle of it died before we could really figure it out. Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of speculation. But... um like, one of the other versions that she told, basically all of her extra stories changed, like, the timeline of, like, when things happened. So, like, another version, she said that he was already dead when she woke up and his face was covered in vomit. And so, like, was he dead before you left or did you did you leave? What Did he go in an ambulance? What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know he, he was in an ambulance because there was mm-hmm. one called. Yeah. My, my theory is that, you know, if he was already um, dead, then she must have, like, felt guilty about something that happened, you know? So it's, that's why she called the ambulance and, you know, claimed that she was, he was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, so there's more weirdness to add to her story uh, coming from Eric Burden, who was another member of the Animals. Uh, we mentioned one of the other members, Chaz Chandler. He was a, me- he was a member of the Animals as well. Yeah, but um, he became Jimmy's producer. Yeah, but Eric Burden was another friend of Jimi Hendrix. It's kind of hard to tell. He, yeah, he, he claims the that they were friends, right? but he's, yeah, I think so. But he's similar to Monica to me, where it's like, it's 
It's like you may have known him, but I don't know if you were friends necessarily. Well, that's why I was saying there's like a lot of speculation because like this guy, I don't know, it doesn't seem like he really knew him very well, but it was like, yeah, Jimi Hendrix and I were in the music scene at the same time, basically. No, he, he legitimately claims they were friends, like good friends. No, no, I'm saying like they were. But he claims that they spent time together and like, all, and he knew Jimi really well, not just they were in the scene together. Like he legitimately. Knew I'm saying that's what actually years. happened. Oh. What he claims is different than what it's, was real. Well, it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't want to like say that outright. I'm saying that I'm just talking about what he claims right now, though. But he says that he received a frantic call from Monica early in the morning, and he claims that after he received the call, he immediately jumped in the car, went to drive to the hotel, and by that point, Jimmy was being loaded into the ambulance, and he was already being driven away. Like he was, he was gone. So. Eric Burden didn't ever see Jimmy that morning, but he said this happened specifically at sunrise. So I fell down a rabbit hole (laughs) and I went to go look up this area in Kensington, London, September 18th, 1970, because we keep weather records. And we keep records of sun up and sun down. <laughs> you looked up the sunrise if the in sunrise, 1970. Well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> this is important, work. though, because mm-hmm. the sunrise happened at about 6.40 a.m. Okay. And even if you give that some leeway of, like, even 20 minutes, it doesn't fall into her story at all. Well, no. Because also, her story the ambulance is, records show, like, after 11. Well, right. I was about to get into that. But her story shows 9 to 11 a.m.-ish, somewhere around there. The ambulance shows that it was dispatched at 11.15 so mm-hmm. that's hours after he claims. But I think it's a really random thing for him to claim. It just feels like sunrise because he's a rock star and he doesn't wake up in the morning. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's possible. I He's like, the sun doesn't rise until I wake up. His, his story <laughs> gets more weird, though, because he says it was suicide. But he says this because he found a note by Jimmy's bed, which means he walked into what would have been an active crime scene. Yeah. At the time, because you have someone who's being rushed to the hospital and I don't know when the cops showed up, I guess, but I mean, I would, I would assume they would show up at some point in time. So is this the initial guy that said it was suicide because of the note? He's the first person. Because I've seen that stretched a few different ways where some people were like, oh, he had a note in his hand in the ambulance. It was in the bedside. It wasn't wasn't in his hand. I know. I'm saying people stretched it. Yeah. (laughs) But Burton claims that he found the note next to Jimmy's bedside, that he found it. Which is a weird thing to claim. Another thing that feels like a lie. But the note that he found, specifically the, the words written on it, was the story of life is quicker than the wink of an eye. The story of love is hello and goodbye until we meet again. Yeah, it was a poem. Right. Mm-hmm. But Burden said, in response to seeing the poem, he said, the poem just says the things that Hendrix has always been saying but to which nobody ever listened. It was a note of goodbye and a note of hello. I don't think Jimmy committed suicide in a conventional way. He just wanted to exit when he wanted to. He just decided to exit when he wanted to. Yes. Which is the best. I think it's really weird because for one, like if Jimi Hendrix wasn't just like your average like musician who writes and he just had a random note on his bedside i think sure that's a fair thought but jimmy wrote songs so it's not weird to find a note with lyrics on it next to his bedside and i put the slashes in here specifically because that's how the note is written 
So he specifically breaks up right. of the life of life is quicker slash. Yeah. Then and if you broke it slash, up, right. It, it, it could have just been writing song lyrics and right before he went to sleep or something like that. You know, he was right. known to be an amazing lyricist. So that wouldn't be like surprising to me. Yeah. So it's, it's really weird because I think it's weird to see that and think, oh, this is automatically a death note. Not to mention the fact that you just walked into an active crime scene, not to mention the fact that you say that Jimmy got pulled away in an ambulance before the ambulance was dispatched by like five hours, which is a lot of time. So uh, his story doesn't help. It doesn't help Monica's, but it also just adds more confusion to the whole entire thing. Yeah. And because there was so much confusion, I think that's why... Kathy Etchingham got involved. And so Kathy Etchingham was his ex, Jimmy's ex-girlfriend before Monica. Um, and so she, yeah, she hired a private investigator to look into Jimmy's death because she obviously had some questions. I don't really know a ton about the nature of Kathy and Jimmy's relationship. I'm guessing that, you know, they were pretty close and Kathy seemed very like, when I saw interviews, she seemed very uh, stable, like not, not like Monica at all. She, Kathy had drug issues. I know that, Uh, but she had kind of started to wean off of the drugs. I think around the time she was no longer dating Jimmy, but she seemed to know Jimmy better, at least than most of his girlfriends did. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so the, what the private investigator found was that, So Jimmy was found alone and fully clothed. So not like Monica had said where he was undressed. And also, you know, Monica had found him or whatever, but why wasn't she there? And then also that Jimmy had consumed a massive amount of red wine, which was most likely forced down his throat because none of the alcohol had reached his bloodstream yet and had been processed by his liver And also, he consumed a ton of red wine without even being able to process it first. And there was a bunch of it in his lungs, too, I read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this, again, just to reiterate, this is not actual case notes, like, confirmed from the medical examiners. This is from the private investigator specifically. Yeah. And that is also important because we don't have, like, actual legitimate proof of this. This is all of his claims of things Mm -hmm. he found. But also it's like this private investigator, I'm not really sure anything about the private investigator, but from what I can tell, he had, he has the least stake in it and the least bias. So I'm inclined to believe him. Etchingham also made some other claims that Hendrix and Monica had been fighting the day before he died, which I think is important, um, that Monica was controlling and manipulative of Hendrix and that Hendrix was actually planning on leaving Monica and was going over to her hotel room so that he could get his guitar from her that he left over there. Etchingham also claimed that Monica had forced the drugs on Jimmy, killing him, and then called friends for help to clean her, clean up the hotel room afterwards, which is kind of confusing because, so if, if he died because of red wine, like he choked on red wine or you know was asphyxiated with all that wine drowned in it why so what did the drugs have to do with it then and then 
I guess like calling for friends that, that would make sense maybe called uh, Eric Burden from the animals to help her clean up instead of to instead of to help because she found Jimmy dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the questions that I had is when Etchingham claimed that Monica might have brought friends in, it seems almost like Burden had more stake in helping Monica than he did in helping them figure out like what actually happened to Jimmy, since everything he said yeah. was very confusing. So maybe that's why he just said it was suicide. Like, oh, everybody's off the hook now. Right. That's what it kind of felt like. And I couldn't find if they had ever had a relationship, he and Monica or anything like that. There was no actual like public information on that. And I tried to look for it, but it it seems really weird that like if if what Etchingham is claiming is true and what her private investigator found is true, then that means Jimmy had red wine in his lungs, which is almost a definite he was murdered. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't lay down and then sleep, drink red wine and then choke on it. <laughs> that would be absurd. Yeah, especially for him because he didn't right. really drink that much. So. He didn't like red wine. And that yeah. could be, I mean, it could be true because that could be why the investigators eventually say that he just died of a drug overdose because they found they didn't find the evidence of red wine or anything like that. So it's possible that they just found the drugs. So they just went with what they had at the time because the private investigators brought in later. So whatever he found, he found later. And again, I don't know what he found because I couldn't find a real like medical examiner's report on any of it. I couldn't find it from either perspective, like not yeah. the original report or the or the private investigators one. But I mean, it could have also been covered up by the family or whatever because they didn't want people to know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say. This did cause a huge fight between uh, Monica and Etchingham, though, that did actually go to a court case because Etching, Monica started claiming that Etchingham was the reason for Jimmy's drug abuse and ended up being the reason for his death because she got him hooked on the drugs. He died because of the drugs, so she's actually responsible for it. Basically, Monica fought back with like pure anger, like just jumped to straight anger so about any of the accusations, which is very suspicious, especially from the person who tends to be, who seems to be profiting off of his death and writing an entire book about him, even though she seems to have barely known him. So it's definitely suspicious. Uh, This is where we did mention Monica did die. Uh, She died quite a few years later. I mean, like, I think it was like 20 years later or something like that. But she was taken into court uh, and she was found guilty of libel against uh, Etchingham. And later that day, she possibly committed suicide and she was found dead from the fumes of her car in her garage. Is it Monica's husband that claims it was murder? Yes. So Monica's husband claims that she was murdered and that it wasn't suicide. So is it the last murder of the aftermath of Jimi Hendrix case? It's just, it's very ironic because Monica claims that or we have we have burden who's claiming that hendrix was a suicide but yet etchingham claims that he was murdered and then we have investigators thinking that monica died from suicide and then her husband claiming that she was murdered it's like the exact same story but in just different circumstances but yeah i mean monica dies under suspicious circumstances it is weird that she just died from the fumes of her car 
that she chose to commit suicide that day. I don't know. It's strange. After everything she had been through already, I don't really know. It's kind of her death. She is was also weighed weird. down by the guilt of her murder. She doesn't seem like the kind of person to be weighed down yeah. by that. But I've, I second that. <laughs> but but maybe like if the truth was about to come out or something like that and she knew it i don't know and then maybe it just didn't come out yeah things could have happened who but, knows what goes on behind closed doors but those are the main facts those are the main that's like the main timeline that we're looking at for his uh murder now there's all because of that there's all these different theories on how he died right yes like a whole bunch there are some great ones um great as in they're wild, not as, and this is fun information. <laughs> but yeah, because of how vague everything is and how basically everyone who was close to this case is dead now, um, there's a bunch of theories. So as we've kind of already alluded to, rumors claim he overdosed on heroin, but actually the cause of death was probably drowning. Wait, I actually thought that it wasn't an overdose in heroin because barbiturates aren't heroin. I thought it was a sleeping drug that he yes. overdosed on. Is that is it, that it varies. the same? Oh, it varies? Okay, I, um, I didn't hear the heroin thing. Yeah, I think people were kind of just like, they heard the word drugs and they were like, heroin. Yeah, because he did heroin and that was like the most deadly drug that he did, so. Yeah. That and Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> he did Bob Dylan. He just loved Bob Dylan's music. That's a, that's a tough Overdosed drug. on Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I have a Bob Dylan problem. I'm going to rehab, though. That's good. <laughs> I just um, relapsed into Bob Dylan. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so um, he had a bunch of wine in his system. And like you said, Jackie, it, it hadn't been processed by his body at all. So there was no alcohol content in his blood. Um and he didn't even like wine, so it's weird that he had apparently, like, the equivalent of, like, two bottles of wine in his body, and it hadn't even been processed at all. There was also apparently... He would have had to consume it, like, extremely fast. Yeah, like, chug than, two bottles. Faster than your body would probably let you. Mm-hmm. And when you don't like red wine, you're probably not going to drink it that fast. <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't. But yeah. it was also found in his hair. And I'd be willing to bet probably elsewhere around his face. And yeah, so I mean, that's already suspicious to start with. Maybe he took a red wine shower, was singing, breathed some of it in. He breathed two bottles of it in? (laughs) Accidentally. You never know. Maybe he was taking a bath in it. Yeah, there you go. And he just chooses to sing with his mouth half open under the wine. He drowned in a bath of wine. Maybe. New conspiracy. No, that's a theory. I've heard of crazier things, I think. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) So there was another rumor that claims that he was alive in the ambulance when they picked him up, but the negligence by the paramedics is what killed him. So he died in the ambulance at some point. Yeah. I think I believe that one the least. Yeah, there's a lot of weird speculation around the ambulances. Mm. So... Because why all this crazy, like, stuff about his death and, and why no one coming forward with, like, the actual truth if it was just the paramedics? Yeah, it, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's it seems like with the, the paramedic thing, that that's what throws off a lot of the case, too, like, in, in terms of, like, the witnesses. Because the paramedics have dispatch going out at 11.15, and they don't actually have a record of finding a an alive Jimi Hendrix. Like he wasn't alive when they found him. 
so they say, that they don't know whether or not he was alive when he entered the ambulance, which is also a weird record to not be sure on, to be fair. They're, the records are so vague. There's right. like nothing, there's no, there's no, um, what's the word, concrete information on what happened other than he died of a barbiturate overdose and choked on his own vomit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so it's also, I hate to think of it like this, but it is just true for the time, especially for the time, I mean, that it wouldn't be surprising if emergency services got a call about a black man overdosing in a hotel room and just chose not to keep strong records in the 70s mm-hmm. because there were a lot of issues. Yeah, they didn't actually yeah. know it was Jimmy when they picked him up. Exactly. They wouldn't yeah. have known. They would have gotten a call that someone's boyfriend has overdosed in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a good chance that they just didn't keep record because of that. Yeah, I think um, that's a good chance. And if it, if it was that he died in America, I would honestly hold that to be more true. I, I think it's still a possibility, but I don't think like in London, it was, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as The UK London. was pretty bad. It's it pretty was, bad. yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, then that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, of course, as we have implied already as well, uh, maybe his girlfriend, Monica with a K, killed him. And I guess he supposedly had a scarf wrapped tightly around his neck. But I mean, Jimmy Hendrix always wore scarves, at least three <laughs> I think at any time. I think the reason why they thought it was barbiturates initially was because, like, I mean, I think part of it was because Monica had told them that it was barbiturates, but also there was like a packet of them like yeah. next to him or something like that or on his nightstand or something. I guess it was technically hers. Like it was her yeah, sleeping her, pills. Like yeah. It was her sleeping p- pills, yeah. Yeah, even though she claims he's not the re- she's not the reason why he had drugs, but I mean, they were hers. But they, they definitely did drugs together. And again, she's one of the ones that really pushed for the fact that he had like heavy insomnia and needed to sleep, which is why he took so many that night, which again, just seems suspicious, if nothing else. But yeah, possibility that she choked him with yeah. his own scarf. Mm-hmm. There's some other uh, conspiracy theories about him dying um, from more like a third party like his manager, Mike Jeffrey, um, maybe kind of put a hit on him or like had someone murder him because, well, one part of it could have been his mob ties. Maybe it was something to do with yeah. the mob. Another reason was because his man- the manager's contract w- with Jimmy was ending and he wouldn't have control over Jimmy and his money anymore. Um, and actually a roadie... Um, of Jimmy's, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's what I gathered, at uh-huh. least. A roadie claimed that Jeffrey confessed to killing Jimmy, saying, I-, I had no bloody choice. I had to do it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It was either that or I'd be broke or dead. The roadie said that all he all he said was that he got a few of his friends, I don't know who they were, just some villains that Mike knew from up north, and it was just booze down the windpipe, like in the film Get Carter. And I mean, that would make sense. Like if, if Mike did have mob ties, then, you know, if he wasn't, if he didn't have his income from jump from Jimmy coming in, then he might, you know, be a dead man walking because the mob wanted to kill him. 
Yeah. So that, I mean, I mean that, it seems kind of likely to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like we know that Jimmy was probably going to move on from his manager and either just kind of drop him and try and get someone else later or he had someone in mind. But it seemed like they were definitely parting ways. But the 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 issue too though is Jeffries doesn't really show up or Jeffrey doesn't really show up much in these final days. No. He's kind of just a side figure. But I mean, then again, if you're gonna murder someone right, if you're gonna murder someone, you probably wouldn't want to be around them very much. Exactly. So So true. I mean that also is a another witness account of not witness account, but like another story that says something about booze down the windpipe you know like yeah killed him with wine mm-hmm. yeah i think i'd like to know more about the roadie to really try you, to you saying you don't trust a 1970s roadie for a rock band <laughs> yeah there <laughs> might be some, anything. some holes in the story just a few maybe just a few Hard to caused say. by massive amount of drugs and trying to get some of the fame yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we also have government conspiracy. Uh, so basically, the government wanted to take out Jimmy to end the Black Power and hippie movements movements by killing one of their biggest icons. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if was Jimi Hendrix. Could you classify him as the biggest icon, or were there people who actually cared more about these movements that you? Could I think say? I think you can say that he was an icon, but. You know, he wasn't like a leader. Like, I don't think he was going to make like giant changes to the movement or like really make a huge wave in it. Like, he was really just focused on the music. Yeah, he just happened to yeah. be thrown into the loop there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't think they were super threatened by his influence. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling this one probably popped up just because Martin Luther King Jr. had just been shot two years earlier. So it wasn't yeah. too long before, and that's still thought to be a hit from the government, which we talked about in our last episode, actually, in Catcher in the Rye. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you guys done an episode on MLK Jr.? Not a full thing, no. We've only brought him up. I think we've only brought him up in the last episode that are we you did. Guys, are you guys thinking about doing one? We probably will eventually, yeah. I mean, I think I think we should at some point. But, but, I mean, you can always find a government conspiracy in these, <laughs> these well, kinds of things. And there were other more prominent people in the Black Power movement at the time, too. And I just, I don't feel like Hendrix would be their first choice. Unless, not even, not really meant as a joke, but, like, unless they're practicing, which <laughs> that's that's the only thing they're I can really think of. practicing hits to end the movement. But I don't think the FBI yeah. or CIA needs to practice hits. I think they've got that pretty well down. No. Uh-huh. So. And I feel like they wouldn't have done it that way by, like, with wine. No. You know? They would have They would have just eaten. Yeah. Or I really feel like they easily could have just, like, made it a heroin overdose. Yeah, you just know, added something to his drugs. Yeah, if this was like a crazed white guy shot him at one of his concerts or afterwards or something, mm-hmm. I'd be like, maybe, maybe that's yeah. possible. But I don't think the drug thing, I don't think they would have bothered. Jimi Hendrix was about music. Even even if he had political songs, that's not his main base. It's not his main focus. I mean, honestly, yeah. there were there were more political bands at the time even. So Totally. Yeah. Doubtful. Yeah. Like if I feel like if John Lennon 
was like one of their bigger problems. I don't know. Then Jimi Hendrix said like way less than John Lennon. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And then finally, there is the theory that uh, everybody worked together. The, the whole government, Trinity. his girlfriend and his manager all worked together to take Jimmy out, which uh, I guess could be possible. Mm-hmm. I do feel like both mm-hmm. Jeffries and Monica with a K are suspicious. <laughs> they could have all been standing, like maybe some government agents were like standing in a hotel lobby and they overheard Jeffrey saying that he wants to kill him. And then they were like, oh, we want to do that too. Perfect. We're here. And then Monica walks in and she's like, what? We're killing Jimmy? Perfect. That's great. Uh, he's That's coming why by, I'm here. He's coming by to pick up a guitar <laughs> and break up with me later. So we could just do that. That's perfect. And then they all shook hands and went to the bar and had a drink and then killed Jimi Hendrix and then brought in Burden and they told him that the ambulance left early at sunrise in the morning just to throw off the whole thing. And that is how the story went. You better be careful before they take you out too. Yeah, they'll take me out eventually, Mm -hmm. but for other reasons, probably. One, One question I have about like the girlfriend is why did he sleep in her hotel room if he was going to break up with her? Yeah. It's hard to say if he was going to break up with her, though it did seem like he probably was going to. But I mean, the the biggest thing that we have from that is Etchingham's account. And Etchingham wasn't really a huge part of his life at that point either. So who knows if she's telling the truth? Yeah, how would she know? Exactly. She was around still, but she wasn't around near as much as Monica was in in that last week. So who knows? It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. And then there was some like weird stuff after he died. Um, so the two girlfriends and Jeffrey himself died soon after Jimmy's death, all in suspicious ways. So we mentioned about Monica dying right before she was going to go on the air to discuss the circumstances around Jimmy's death. And yeah. then... Which involved Etchingham, who she was now in court for, mm-hmm. for libel against. So, yep. Yeah. And then Mike Jeffrey was killed flying back from Majorca. Uh, his, air, his flight was in a mid air collision over France, and it was barely a month after Jimmy's wild. death. That is wild, which I think is probably more connected to the mob because, um, like, that's a very crazy way to die and a huge way yeah. to like it, it would take a lot to orchestrate that like how often does that even happen i again <laughs> yeah. like i've asked the question like are they playing chicken in midair like <laughs> who's gonna go down first no one pulls away so I mean, they just go for it do planes even get that close to each other to even i just don't they're know not how. supposed to i don't know there's, how. A, so. there's a whole there's like no obstacles up there no so exactly <laughs> that's why i feel like it's like just one like, thing that's like really suspicious, but it does take a lot to orchestrate that. So yeah. I don't know, though. It, I mean, if, it sounds like mob. If you've ever like had that situation where you're in a, like an aisle with someone and you have a cart and they have a cart and you're like, I'm gonna go this way, then they go that way. But there's and, an aisle. This is an entire. This yeah, is but sky. you're not going. You're not going like a hundred miles per hour either. So maybe they just happen to both go the same way. There's That's, no way that yeah. it was chicken. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, supposedly, Jeffrey had a $2 million life insurance policy on Jimmy. Supposedly. Oh, yeah. I heard that, too. Yeah. Allegedly. In, in one Allegedly. of the documentaries I watched, it said that he had 
he had taken out the life insurance policy like pretty soon right before his death too um yeah i don't i couldn't find anything that like cemented that though whether or not he had a life insurance policy and in order to have a life insurance policy on someone you usually have to have that person sign their name so he would have had to forge jimmy's signature but Which it wasn't past him he was a shady ass well, dude yeah. Yeah, he was, but I don't know if he would have gone that far, really. Or if, like, Jimmy was, like, really high or something like that, maybe he could have gotten him to sign it under under drugs, but... Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. What is this next one? Yeah, I haven't seen this. Wait, maybe... Oh, I wrote this. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't write it. (laughs) Um, I don't even remember... Hold on, let me me read through it, because this was, like, at the end of a documentary that I watched... Oh, so this kind of pertains more to the government um, hit, the potential government hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason why he might have been a hit was that I guess there was like a benefit for Bobby Seale and the Chicago 8, and that got the attention of of the FBI and this program called like COINTELPRO. And which was like a surveillance and assassination program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jimmy had, I think, been maybe at that benefit. Maybe he was playing or something like that. And he had been put on the security index uh, to be rounded up and then put into these camps, detainment camps, in, just in case there was a national emergency. I don't know. This might be like really like off book. I'm not really sure, but... Um, <laughs> those FBI files have all been redacted. So no one really can tell what is true. Um, And they thought that maybe Mike Jeffrey was the inside operator Hmm. from the FBI because Jimmy like kind of trusted him, but maybe also Jeffrey had uh, FBI ties and mob ties, which kind of conflicted. And maybe that's what led to Jeffrey's death and also maybe Jimmy's death, but that that was kind of like a wild roller coaster. <laughs> uh, like maybe that was more like a down the rabbit hole type of thing. Yeah. So fringe conspiracies with Jackie. Mm-hmm. Fringe conspiracy. Yeah. So what what so what do you guys what do you guys think? What is your top contender for why Jimi Hendrix died? Or how? I mean I want to know if the wine thing is really true, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that just mostly came from the private investigator and like his actual coroner files are pretty skimpy. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like if it, if there really was that much wine in his system, then I'd say like, yeah, definitely he was drowned by somebody with two bottles of wine. But it's so hard to say because there's like eight different stories that all go completely different directions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Jeffrey's definitely shady, but so was like every manager in the 70s. True. And 60s. Most white guys. Most white guys in the 70s. <laughs> if they had money and they were white and they worked in the industry. Probably that's why shady. they had those mustaches to hide. I don't think that's really just... That's not just in the 70s. That's just, that's any time. That's right now. Don't that's trust fun. people with mustaches. Just white dudes in the industry. Don't, don't trust them. Or white dudes yeah. in general. <laughs> Maybe don't trust white dudes. I don't know. I just don't trust people with mustaches. What do they don't. have to hide under there? <laughs> just don't trust people. Full stop. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really can't pick one this one, but I don't think he just overdosed. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that I don't think it was the government thing. I think that could be written off pretty heavily. Yeah. I don't think he did enough for the government to give a shit about him. I don't think they cared. I don't think that Jeffrey would be taking advantage of Jimmy's money if he was an FBI agent. Yeah. You don't even need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So what do you think, Kim? What do I think? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I don't think Eric Clapton had anything to do with it. Uh, I think there's a good chance, just based on what Clapton said, that maybe Hendrix did show up at least to the theater that night. And I'm wondering if that plays into Etchingham saying that Monica and Jimmy were having issues and they were arguing with each other. I wonder if he was supposed to show up with her and they were having a blowout. So he didn't. He showed up by himself, but then just left immediately afterwards because he was having issues. And then it, I mean, it would make sense that he, if he's having issues with her, he shows up by himself, leaves pretty quickly, goes because he wants to get his guitar back because that really would be what he cares about is getting his guitar back from her. And she doesn't want him to leave. So she freaks out. It could be like an accidental thing. It could be like, maybe she, I mean, like that old cliche of like, you knock someone out and you're like, oh shit, I just killed them. So then you try and cover it up in some way. Um shoving barbiturates down his throat maybe with red wine maybe that's how you're getting the barbiturates into his system is you're just pouring that into his throat but i i have trouble believing that it was the government i have trouble believing it was suicide oh yeah no it definitely wasn't suicide and i i have trouble believing it was the manager just because from what everything i read about the manager he doesn't seem but he conniving died, enough like a month after yeah, yeah i think he had issues other than that though i think he had ties mm-hmm that we're going to get him killed regardless. I don't think it was about yeah. Jimmy. Or if Jimmy did die and, you know, that was his main, like, money person, you know, then yeah. maybe he just couldn't pay back the mob and then they put a hit on him. Yeah, I'd say that I think he probably was murdered, whether it was originally accidental or not, and then a cover-up. And I'd say Monica probably is the most likely candidate and maybe even the guy who said that he got the call at, like, six of our oh yeah the other the guitarist yeah yeah so it, him saying that he showed up at sunrise but also got a call before that tells me that he got a call when it was dark so he claims and then showed up at sunrise so i don't know but i mean i know his story is bullshit because i looked it up and he is absolutely incorrect so burden seems weird and a little bit suspicious to me mm-hmm. but and also, I don't know, who just, like, who walks into the hotel room crime scene of their dead friend, sees a note, and's like, ah, off himself. Yeah. And then just and leaves. couldn't be helped. How do, you, how do you just, like, how do you think like that and then just go eat a sandwich, like, even the next day? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? He just seems very weird. I think there's, I don't think there's enough to say like that Monica definitely did it or Burton did it or anything like that. But I think that there's enough to definitely think that Jimmy didn't do it. And I think mm-hmm. that's the important thing. Yeah. So what do you think, Jackie? Um, yeah, I, I agree that I don't think it was government and I for sure don't think it was suicide. But I think that 
it could have either been the manager or the girlfriend. Um, the only reason I think that it might be the manager is, is because he was so shady and taking advantage of Jimmy and maybe it just got to a point where he was just like, I'll make more money after he's dead, which he might've, that might've been true. Um, I think the key to it is knowing what he had in his body when, or what Jimmy had in his body when he died, because if he did have any barbiturates, then I think that kind of is like, maybe I think that might show that he did go to sleep with Monica and things were like, okay. And then maybe she killed him in a sleep or someone else or whatever. But if he didn't actually have any, then I think that it could possibly be like the mob just like came in and that's a very like mob way to kill someone is like shove wine down their throat. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not like professional. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I can't see like the girlfriend shoving wine down his throat. Unless he was but, like really out of it, but yeah. Or like, just cause like, that's a really, um, that's a, a really aggressive way to kill someone. And if you're like, you know, if you're supposedly engaged is what she said. Yeah. And I just don't see her like really being that aggressive towards him. I could see him. I could see her like trying to kill him. I don't know with like sleeping pills, but I don't think that many sleeping pills would have killed him. No. So he was already taking. I, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm honestly kind of leading, leaning towards Mike Jeffrey or like mob his mob ties right now. Um, but I do, I also think what happened was maybe he was killed by, you know, the mob or his manager, but Monica wasn't there and she came back to her hotel room to find him there. And then, you know, maybe like something, something had Im- implemented her in it and she felt like she was guilty for it in some way or that she was going to, um, be blamed for it in some way. So then she called her, she called Eric. Yeah. Called Eric Burden to help her try and clean something up that made her look suspicious. It is weird that he just claimed to be there so early. Yeah, exactly. Claimed to get a call. Early so like, the then, ambulance was there. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just so many things don't line up that, yeah, it is like really confusing, pretty much impossible to say. Yeah, it's like a giant game of telephone turned mm-hmm. into conspiracy theory. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It, it doesn't help that just so many people have so many different stories. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it fun to talk about, but it, also at the end of learning about it all, I'm just like, what is the real answer? I, I know, I don't have so any bad. concrete, like, yeah. I can't make a decision any more than I could before we research this. Yeah, I mean, if this is if this one is murder, it's like, like you see, we'll talk about, like, the Kurt Cobain case, which is a lot messier than this one. This one's not like it's messy in terms of how many stories are going on, but it's clean to the point where there's like, there's nothing you could point to and be like, someone did this. You can't really do that here. There's no gun. There's no, even the scarf wrapped around his neck thing. Like I didn't see any proof or anything like that. You even have photos really of the crime scene, Yeah, which is weird. But again, I think that honestly comes down to the fact that, I think emergency services, whether police or not, or ambulance or whatever, probably got a call about a black man ODing in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how they took and it. And they just put And it then eventually this becomes, yeah. they find yeah. out it's Jimi Hendrix and that becomes a bigger issue than it would have been, than it would have mm-hmm. otherwise. So yeah. I think that's why we're missing a lot of things because not having 
not having pictures of the crime scene or anything like that's really weird. If they if they really thought it was a suicide, like for sure, maybe they wouldn't take photos. Yeah. Right? But yeah, well, they still would have taken photos because you still have to have proof later on. Like you want to at mm-hmm. least investigate it. But in, again, in the seventies, they wouldn't have cared as much, honestly. Not if someone ODing a hotel room like that. So true. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of it's kind of sad that like even though he wasn't political and like really didn't you know care about like being being a black man and standing up for his community that much, still like maybe in his dying hours that was part of the reason why he died. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. I think that's that's the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It is. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you know more about it. Uh, let us know all of that stuff. Not good stuff. Not good stuff this time. Just stuff. <laughs> stuff in general. Uh, yeah. That's all I've got. That's all we got. You can follow us on social media. Yeah. We've got Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Yeah, we just put out a whole bunch of stuff about, like, a whole picture with all of our You ever posts. wonder what our faces look got like? so many it's on hosts the on this. Uh, Jackie is, of course, one of our hosts, one of our evolving ones. So if you ever want to see every one of us in our weird tinfoil hats, you can go look there. And, yeah. Yeah, oh, also, you can uh, find any books related, which I think there are with this one on our Goodreads. So follow us on Goodreads. And our newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. Yay! Get all the information that we've got for you. Any photos, again, in this case, we don't really have a lot of photos, uh, but any photos that we can get, any information that we talk about, we try and put as much of that as we can into the newsletter. So, yeah. Did I get it all? I think so. Cool. Yeah, but that's, so that's Allie. That's Jackie. There's a whole bunch of other hosts. So for them, goodbye. I'm Cameron. And remember to always stay stitious and don't shower with your mouth open and red wine. Okay, bye. Bye.